When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, October 20th. Here come those end-of-season opportunities we have discussed so frequently of late here on this show. We have numerous surprise contestants across our six tour-level events happening in another busy championship weekend in the pro tennis world. Of course, what I want to do for all of you listeners here on today's show is set the scene at each of those six events. Where do we sit as we approach semifinal Saturday, championship Sunday? And let me just say on a side note, it is nice to see some steadiness return to the calendar after those staggered starts early in the Asia swing. Nevertheless, that aside, again, I want to break down where things stand in our six tour level events. I want to start in Nanchung, home to one of our WTA 250s this week. The reason for that is they played a little bit of catch up on today's schedule. We had both round of 16 and quarterfinal action, of course, most significantly to the big picture story, the return of form of Layla Fernandez. I believe she's now won eight consecutive matches, a title in Hong Kong last week. She's into the semifinals in Nanchung, a rematch of that Hong Kong final with Katarina Sinyakova awaiting her. We'll talk about how she got there, how Sinyakova got there, what the rest of that Nanchung semifinal field looks like. Then, of course, we'll head over to Tokyo. Talk about opportunities. Tokyo is a 500-level event on the ATP Tour this week. What's the difference between a 500 and a 250? For those less familiar with the vernacular, 500-level events offer more points. If you win a match at a 500, you jump further in the rankings than you would at a lower level 250 event as such for someone, I mean, I was going to say someone like Marcos Giron. I, you can point to any of them, whether it's Marcos Giron, whether it's Ben Shelton, whether you look at, obviously, the most surprising semifinalist of them all, Shintaro Machizuki, who was winless at the tour level prior to his week in his home country of Japan in Tokyo even a guy like Aslan Karatsev, who has slowly but surely built back his ranking this season, talk about massive opportunity for the remaining contestants in Tokyo. We'll talk about how each of them got there here on today's show, as well as I have to say, because it is one of the lead storylines, talk about a squandered opportunity for Demonauer and Tommy Paul. I mean, two guys who are on the precipice of really making a push for the tour finals. Now, they can still make that push, but life becomes a lot harder at, after each is knocked out in the semifinal round, so uh, quarterfinal round, excuse me. So again, we'll talk Tokyo. We'll talk about all the ATP 
action happening in Stockholm, Antwerp as well. It's actually a pretty fun set of semifinals in Antwerp. Tsitsipas taking on Bublik. Uh, excuse me, Tsitsipas taking on Arthur Fee. Sasha Bublik taking on Maximilian Martyrer. You'll hear me make the pitch once more why you need to be all in on 18-year-old Arthur Fee. Just continues to have a breakout 2023 campaign. It's going to be a fascinating race. Who wins the vote uh, for the formal year-end award? Again, Stockholm, pretty fun as well. Got a little funky there. Certainly, Laszlo Jera knocking out Thomas Mychek in three sets. That rounds out the semifinals. It'll be Jera versus Monfi, Kata versus Kesmenovic. We'll talk about how we got there. And then, of course... Don't want to forget about our two other WTA 250s in Monastir. Opportunities for Paulini, Serenko, Elisa Mertens, and then, yes, Clara Burel, the young French woman who I will continue to point out is quietly having a career year. Took the former top-ranked junior in the world a little longer to find her footing than some of her peers on the Pro Tour, but she has done that this year. Big opportunity for an exclamation point in Monastir. Again, we'll talk about how each of those semifinalists got there. Kluge-Napoka is just weird. Lise, Korpats, Rusa, and then fourth-seeded Rebecca Masarova remaining. In case you just wanted to listen to the five-minute synopsis, there it is, folks. Things going to get fun in another busy, maybe our final busy championship weekend of the 2023 season. We'll break it all down for you listeners here on today's show. Of course, a thank you to all of you for tuning in day in, day out. Appreciate those of you who did go leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate those of you who also left a five-star review. Here's my promise to you. We'll read the funniest of them on next week's shows. Again, it helps us with our sponsors. It helps us with the podcast Formula God. So appreciate all of you who have taken the time to do that, not just on this show, but of course, the Great Shot Podcast, Correct Interviews Podcast feeds, as well as our YouTube channel. And then Of course, a thank you to our dear friends at Tennis Point for their support, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world. With that said, let's get into it. It's going to be a busy weekend in the pro tennis world. Let's start with the late night action, at least as it pertains to here in North America. Let's start with the women's event in Nanchung. Busy day of results. Again, we had some round of 16 mixed in with some quarterfinal matches as well. I should say we had some round of 16 matches mixed in with all of our quarterfinal affairs. Ultimately, it was a 2-0 day for Layla Fernandez, who probably didn't hate that extra day of rest yesterday. And truth be told, she advanced pretty comfortably on the day. 4-1 in her opening match over qualifier Yu Xiaodi, and then... I was particularly impressed by her 3-4 and four victory over Alexandra Sastovich. Again, now eight consecutive victories for the 21-year-old Canadian. For those that have forgotten, Fernandez, the 2021 U.S. Open finalist. She's a former Junior Slam champ as well. But whether it be injury or just, again, a struggle to return to form early in the season, for Leila Fernandez, I know she's a former Slam finalist. But I don't think it would have been fair to set the goal for Leila Fernandez for her at the end of this 2023 season, given the injuries, given the changing of the landscape, to ask her to be right back in that top 10 mix, particularly given the fact she's still just 21 years old. I think that would have been too much to uh, ask of her. That said, 
you know, to see Layla Fernandez now with this semifinal, her third of the year at the tour level, to see her back up to number 34 in the live rankings, how could that not be considered an unequivocal victory for the 21-year-old season, given the fact she was on the precipice of falling outside the top 100 earlier this year? And again, there were some dark moments when she lost five of six matches you know, particularly heading into this home stretch of the season. And then quarterfinals Guadalajara wins Hong Kong. Now semifinals here in Nanchung. She's just regained her rhythm. And that's what you look for, those significant outliers down the season's home stretch, whether it be by necessity or whether it be just finding another gear. A little bit of both for Leila Fernandez, who, again, was broken twice against Sasnovich. I thought... She was the one dictating the terms of engagement to Sasnovich, even if ultimately there were moments where Sasnovich was able to overwhelm Fernandez with her pace, was able to push Fernandez back off the baseline. But that was just moments. Fernandez's ability to hold her ground to redirect pace that's thrown at her. Again, I said it's Manorino-like, or maybe Manorino is Fernandez-like. When you do leave something short again, she will take that ball early on the rise, follow it in. She hits the slice serve as a lefty on the deuce side so effectively to set up the plus one forehand. Again, everything's just a little bit earlier than you expect. Fernandez now 37-23 and 23 overall on the season. And again, excuse me, third semifinal for her overall in the year, second at the tour level. But again, back-to-back events. Eight-match win streak. Layla Fernandez is now rocking and rolling. Two victories for her today in Nanchung. She'll now take on Katarina Sinyakova. Sinyakova providing an upset early in the day. Four and three over Vavara Gracheva. Uh, of course, she then follows that up by receiving a withdrawal from Laura Siegemund in the quarterfinal round. Look, Sinyakova steadied the ship to end the season. Finals last week. Semifinals this week. 60 in the live rankings. Outstanding year? No. Fine season? Sure. For the 27-year-old as she looks to, again, look to take another step in 2024. Big news is at the top half of the draw in terms of, again, more opportunities being provided. We know about Sinyakova, Fernandez of late, but how about Lady Di? Di Schnei, of course, Diana Schneider, the 19-year-old Russian, all-American for NC State in her lone season there this past spring. How about the run she has had here to end her 2023 season? She has now made three different tour-level semifinals. Three tour-level semifinals since the end of her college tennis season. You look for Schneider now up to a new career high, number 59 in the live rankings. Let's be clear. All of these players have played college tennis in the last 20 months. Peyton Stearns currently sitting at 47 in the live rankings. Emma Navarro sitting at 42 in the live rankings. Diana Schneider sitting at 59 in the live rankings. Ben Shelton, by the way, is top 20 in the live rankings. He's played in the last 20 months as well. Come on now. That's why we love it so much here at Cracked Rackets. And look, the lefty just has real firepower that cannot be denied. She hit the cover off the ball. And Habino, who wants to try and take the ball early, try to beat you to the spot, she couldn't deal with the heaviness of Schneider's ball. It, it took her a full set to grow accustomed to that pace, to grow. Again, she's a lefty as well, so you're just in different angles than you're accustomed to on the court. What a year 
for Diana Schneider. Again, considering how much college tennis she played throughout the course of the season, the fact that here in 2023, 24 victories on the pro tour as well, three different tour level semifinals, all the firsts by her, the way, all firsts, excuse me, by the way, in her career. She's done it on clay courts, which I think is her current best surface. She's done it now on hard courts as well. Dai Schneider's the real deal. She'll have some opportunities to dictate against Marie Boshkova, who, by the way, is into her first semifinal of the season. Now, again, Boshkova made a quarterfinal in Cincy, a round of 16 at Wimbledon. Now the semifinals here in Nunchung, sitting at 41 in the live rankings. Feels about right, given her accolades in the season. But for what it's worth, Fernandez now 2-0 against Sinyakova. Not surprising to see her a 60.3% favorite. Boshkova, a 68.9% favorite against Schneider. And by the way, Boshkova was just able to track down everything that Osorio threw at her. And her 11-4 victory today was extraordinarily impressive. I like Bojkova's backhand, so I do think she is well-suited and athletic enough to deal with the heavy topspin Schneider throws at her. But give me Schneider to swing freely. Give me a Schneider-Fernandez, all lefty, all 21 and under battle. Again, there are 16 agers right now inside the top 100. There are also currently 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 players inside the top 100. So 16 agers, 12 inside the top 100, age 21 or younger. I'm going for a 21 and under final. Give me Fernandez, who, by the way, back up to the third highest ranked player, age 21 or younger, trails just Chin Wen and Goff. Schneider right now, fourth highest ranked teenager, trails just Goff, Naskova, and Andreeva. She is also currently the 2, 4, 6, 7th highest ranked player under the age of 21. You have everyone's attention now, Diana Schneider. And again, Boshkova. Ooh, no, Fernandez, slight favorite to win the title, 35.7, Bushkova, 34.9, Sinyakova, 19.5, Schneider, 9.9%. But hey, Diana Schneider knocking on the door of a top 50 debut and has very, very few points to defend through the first half of next season. So would not, no, not would not shock me. It's when, not if, Diana Schneider makes her top 50 debut. That's what's going on right now in uh, Nanchung. Let's move over now to the action on the ATP side in Tokyo. Speaking of opportunities, I mentioned it earlier. Just listen to the names remaining. A Shintaro Machizuki, who, yes, is a former junior Wimbledon champion, is a former world junior number one, only 20 years old. He was 0-11 in tour-level main draw matches in Davis Cup play coming into this week's event. 0-11. He now gets wins over Echeverry, Fritz, and Popperin, all top 50 players to reach his first career tour-level semifinal. And you look for Machizuki, obviously going to be up to a new career high with this sort of result. Up 85 spots in the live rankings. The 20-year-old talk about a springboard now up to 130. You compound that with him winning his first challenger title earlier this season. There's just a physicality he can bring now that he wasn't able to bring a year ago, two years ago, when of course I was watching him at the challenger level. And yes, the shot making was there. The ball striking was there. The creativity was there. The strength wasn't. The speed was there, but it wasn't able to be sustained for the course of two and a half hours necessary. It just has been this week, and it helps to have a ruckus Tokyo crowd cheering their home Japanese player on. 
I mean, again, what he did against Popper and Soa was just take that return a little bit early. And even when it was a forehand chip return, just knocking that chip return service liner deeper to not give Popper in time for a big swing on a forehand cut. Again, seven five two six seven five Machizuki able to advance. He serves in volleys when he's under pressure, and his hands are just so silky. That ability to take the backhand a little early, flattens it out, and drives it through the court. Again, he can spring through his forehand. The passing shot he hit, two-passing shot combination, blitz forehand, short angle, cross court, follows it up with a full sprint backhand down the line pass that Popperin can't handle on the set point in set number one. Again, breaks Popper in to end the match. Talk about magic from the 20-year-old. First career semifinal. Again, had never won a tour-level match before this. Now into the top 150 for the first time in his career. Look, as 500-level semifinal opponents come, and he's already faced some battles, but it'll be another top 50. It will be against Aslan Karatsev. And let the record show, Karatsev into his fourth semifinal of the year. Sneaky good amount. That's why he's back inside the top 50. And by the way, two of those semifinals have come in the last four weeks. Karatsev's playing good tennis. It's a terrible matchup for Demonauer facing off with Karatsev because Demonauer provides Karatsev the one thing you can't give the rush. He gives him time to just swing freely. And boy, was he blitzing forehands. And it just felt like every backhand Demonauer left short, Karatsev was able to pounce upon. Again, fourth semifinal for him this season. It's top 30 number amongst top 50 players on the ATP Tour, which, again, is he elite of the elite? No. Is that good? Absolutely is. Karatsev versus Shintaro Mitsuzuki, a shocking, not shocking, but certainly surprising top half quarter uh, semifinal. Karatsev, an 89.1% favorite in the first career head-to-head between the two. The bottom half, a battle of Americans Ben Shelton knocking out Tommy Paul 7663. Now, we have done so much Ben Shelton content for three years now here at Crack Rackets. Yes, three. We go back that deep with Ben all the way to his Futures title, uh, Kalamazoo final, All-Americans title run before his dominant 2022 college slash ATP challenger season. For Ben Shelton, again, it's only the fourth event he's won consecutive matches at this year. He did it at Australian Open, or a fifth event if you include the Cagliari Challenger. So Australia, Cagliari, U.S. Open, Shanghai, Tokyo. Now the big thing, he's won 11 of his last 13. And for the first time this season, Ben Shelton's now over 500, 25 and 24 overall on the year. Guess what? That 25 and 24, when it includes a slam semifinal and quarterfinal, that's how you get to a new career high of 17 in the live rankings. He's 17 in the points race as well for what it's worth. The thing that impressed me most about Ben's victory over Tommy twofold, A, he served for the opening setup 5-4. Tommy connecting on a beautiful backhand return on 30-40 to ultimately grind Ben down, break back 4-5 all. Ben never blinked. He takes the tie break 7-6, ultimately pulls away in the second sets with a 6-3 and three victory. That was thing number one was, again, the resilience there to get broken serving for the set but bounce back and win the breaker. Part number two is just the physicality. He, or not the physicality, but the discipline, the rally tolerance. He's just not swinging as – he's not going as early in the rallies. He's willing to grind Tommy, particularly forehand cross into that Tommy backhand. He was hitting a three-quarter neutral pace, high and heavy, spinny forehand that 
Tommy just couldn't really do much with. And then, you know, again, when Tommy thought he had Ben stretched on that forehand wing, that's when Ben can snap through one and be so explosive as he was at times. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Ben is better with his rally talents right now on the backhand wing than the forehand wing. But the key word there or phrase is right now. He's showing me something with that forehand down the home stretch. I'm seeing clear growth and it's impossible to not draw a direct line in that growth with the re-addition of his father, Brian Shelton, to the team. Ben's just playing better tennis than he was in March, April, June, July, and obviously the results show that, but the eye test very much shows that as well. There have been, if not mechanical, I don't think mechanical changes, but just philosophical changes. He's a little more patient out there. I don't think the game's coming too fast for him now, and That's a scary proposition because all the tools are there for obviously Ben to be a top 10 guy. And slowly but surely, he inches closer and closer to that ceiling. He's going to take on a guy who played the best tennis of the day in Marcos Garon. Garon, one in four over Felix Ogier, Ali Asim. By the way, second career semifinal for Shelton. Third, uh, excuse me, fourth career semifinal for the 30-year-old Garon. I thought that number would be around six or seven, but no, just his fourth semifinal. Now look, Marcos has been exceptional this week. Wins over Rude, FAA, Nishioka. He came through qualifying as well today. Just put your jaw on the floor. Go watch that match, excuse me, and be prepared to pick your jaw up off the floor because that's how good Marcos was. On the rise, early, aggressive, forehand, backhand wing. It reminded me of his days at UCLA when he just, you couldn't hurt him. So he could time the ball beautifully. And look, Felix played a physical match, but Marcos is just in the zone right now. Playing elite, elite tennis this week in Tokyo. And with this result, Garon back up to number 57, 22 spots in the live rankings. Just a little bit of cushion for him. He's played well down the season's home stretch again, fourth career semifinal. And you look at the matchups, I like him in Tokyo. Shelton versus Garon. Garon one love in the career head-to-head, but Ben a 63.8% favorite. Again, Karatsev the 89% favorite in his first head-to-head with the 20-year-old Machizuki. Uh, your favorite to win the title right now, Ben Shelton, 44%. But, I mean, again, Ben's never won a pro title. Garon, I don't believe, has ever won a pro title. He lost in that San Diego final. Machizuki obviously has never won a pro title. Karatsev has, but not recently. So, rock and roll. Let's have some fun down the home stretch in Tokyo. Back to the WTA side of things, and we'll go through these last four events a little bit quicker. But again, certainly some massive opportunities presented for the players remaining. Let's start in Monastir, where, look again, uh, you got to like the seeds again for each of them. Jasmine Paulini taking on Lucia Serenko, Clara Burel taking on Elisa Mertens. You look for Clara Burel, it's her fourth career tour semifinal. Third career tour semifinal, uh, third career tour semifinal, fourth career tour semifinal, third tour level semifinal of the season for Clara Burel, who reached a final in Lausanne earlier in her season. She's also made two finals in Lausanne in her career, but that Lausanne event's played on clay. This in Monastir's on hardcourt. It's her first hardcourt semifinal. And again, how well she moves given her length. The ability to play high and heavy topspin and grind with that ability to step up and kind of crank a backhand down the line at will. It's Muguruza light. Muguruza light. That would be my comparison for Burel, who I don't know if she is a top 20 
upside, but there's a world where she exists in the top 40 for plenty of her career. And look again, she's not going to face massive weapons, Elisa Mertens, but who's going to be more solid? You look for Mertens, who's had a fine season, but, you know, again, hovering in the top 40 as she has been for about five, six years consecutively. She's into her just second semifinal of the season. Looked very good today in a straight set victory over my Hantama. If you're Mertens, you go into this match thinking, I should win it. If you're Burrell, you have the chance to swing some freely, take some chances. That will be a funky one. First career head-to-head matchup. Mertens, 63.8% favorite. Paulini, 5-6 win over Bronzetti. Serenko, a 3-2 victory over Paris as Diaz. It'll be their first head-to-head. Serenko, actually, the 59.5% favorite. She's had an excellent season. Has Lacia Serenko back up to number 34 in the rankings entering the week. She's 42-15 and 15 overall this year. Has had to play a ton of different qualifying. But, you know, again, just her second tour-level semifinal. But 42-15. and 15. She's won 74% of her matches. Talk about a big year for the 34-year-old um, to just make a push back into the top 50. Talked about Paulini plenty. So, again, we'll keep an eye on all of the action in Monastir. And then over in Cluj, Napoca, more opportunities presenting themselves. Certainly was impressed by the steadiness of Elena Gabriela Russa in the face of the relentless consistency of 22-year-old Colombian Emilia Ana Arango Russa reaching a semifinals in her home country. You look for Elena Gabriela Russa, just the third tour-level semifinal of her career, first of the season. Russa 188 in the rankings to end the week, the 25-year-old back up to number 144 as a result of her run. Uh, of course, she has her career high of 51 coming back last season but you know again dealt with some injuries now back in form I thought she was moving well clearly had the bigger weapons again just the big hitting to have the big crowd behind her as well big result for Rusa she will now take on Rebecca Masarova Masarova forced to grind her way to a 367663 victory again shout out to this Cluj Napoca crowd they have gotten behind their hometown Romanian players all week long but you could just tell, you know, again, there was a little bit of gas tank on emptiness for Anna Bogdan, who, of course, played that marathon three-set match yesterday against Bartunkova. It's a good victory, uh, no doubt, for Rebecca Masarova into just her second career tour-level semifinal, first since back seven years ago in 2016. Now, again, she's still just 24 years old, so let's relax. But first in seven years, not too shabby for the Spaniard Masarova as a result of this one. Sitting one off her career high. She's 65 in the live rankings, right where you want to be. Top half of the draw, shout out to Ava Lise, the 21-year-old German reaching her first career semifinal at the tour level. She's up to 113 in the live rankings, one off her career high. Straight set win over the qualifier, Makarova. And then how about Tamara Korpatz, three-set win over Daria Sneger. Korpatz into her fourth career tour level semifinal, second of the season. And look, she entered the week 105 in the live rank, uh, in the rankings, excuse me. You make a semifinal. Now she's up to 90 in the live rankings. You know what that provides? Breathing room as she approaches that Australian Open entry list deadline. So your semifinals, both first-time matchups in the head-to-head. Lease versus Korpats, Makarov, uh, uh, Makarov, uh, excuse me, versus Rusa. 
Masarova, a 55.3% favorite. Lease, a 77.3% favorite. Those are where things stand in your WTA Tour level events. Over on the men's side, you got to like the names in Stockholm, certainly to, uh, excuse me, in Antwerp, certainly you look at a Stefano Tsitsipas as your top seed. Obviously, not much has gone right for Tsitsipas since Wimbledon, four and six in his last 10, I believe, entering the event. But now he's into another semifinal. He's starting to play much better tennis. I thought he looked good yesterday from down an early first set break, five and three over Van de And then his serve, his forehand just were dominant against Hanfman today, a three and three victory. And look, Tsitsipas is two and hold percentage right now on the ATP Tour, trailing just Djokovic. I think it's his sixth semifinal of the season. It's not a bad year for Stefano Tsitsipas. Not an elite year by any stretch of the season, but uh, of the imagination, but considering Australian Open final on top of what is almost certainly now a top eight spot and a a certainty at the year-end finals, given he now has a 595-point lead over 8th place Holger Rune, a 695-point lead over ninth place Taylor Fritz. Tsitsipas is going to make another tour finals, which, again, given his age, Stefano Tsitsipas currently 25 years old. It's, what, a fifth consecutive tour-level finals? He's a top-eight guy. That's who he is. How much higher is that ceiling? We're all wondering that question. But again, good to see him steady the ship against what could have been a tricky matchup in the weapons of Yannick Hoffman. And now we get a thriller as he plays 18-year-old Arthur Fee, 19-year-old Arthur Fee. Sorry, Arthur Fee, 38 in the rankings entering the week. He makes his fifth, fifth tour-level semifinal of the year, 19 years old, up to 37 in the live rankings. That fifth tour-level semifinal, top 15 number on the tour this season. Again, all of his tour-level matches for Arthur Fee, they have all come throughout the course of this year, 18 and 14 overall at the level, but five different tour-level semifinals, hard courts, clay courts. His his weapons just overwhelmed my birthday brother Juan Pablo Varias today. There was nothing Varias could do to find advantageous forehands, which is what, of course, he needs to do to be at his best because Fee just, it's so explosive. And again, the slower the surface, the more time he has to be that much more explosive, elite quickness, the fluidity, the creativity, the volleys. He has it all. Top 10 upside. That's what you come out. One of the big takeaways from this year, again, Arthur Fee has top 10 upside. Ben Shelton does as well. Who is the breakout player of the year? It's a race between those two. And it's a fascinating conversation for us to have in November. But if you have an answer now, please, someone, if you're listening, minute 30 of this mini break podcast, first of all, thank you. How are you today? Second of all, tweet at us, at Cracked Rackets, at AL Gruskin. Who is your breakout player of the year on the men's side? Is it Ben Shelton or is it Arthur Fee? Make the case why in your tweet, please, as well. Would love to hear your reasoning. Anyways, that's a fascinating top half of the draw. Bottom half, you like big hitting? How about Sasha Bublik? Knocks out the big-hitting young Frenchman Giovanni Pecci Pericard, who we're going to hear more from. 6-2 in the third for Bublik. He'll take on Maximilian Martyr. Martyr into his second career tour semifinal. First came back in Munich in 2018. You look for Martyr. He was also looking to make a top 100 push, now up to 105 in the live rankings. One spot away from re-entering the top 100 and, dare I say, solidifying himself a spot and that paycheck in the Australian Open main draw. Right now, Antwerp semifinals. First career head-to-head between Tsitsipas and Fee. Tsitsipas 72% favorite. 
Third career matchup between Bublik and Martyr. One ones the career had to head Bublik a 64.4% favorite according to the ab- Tennis Abstract singles forecast. And then last but certainly not least, opportunities in Stockholm. You want to hear a number I was surprised by? Do you know this is Miomir Kasmenovic's fifth tour-level semifinal of the season? Now, they've all been at 250s, but you make five semifinals, you should be a top 50 player. Kasmenovic right now currently sitting at 52 in the live rankings. Again, it's a forgettable season, but he's done enough, has Kasmenovic, to just stick around and linger a little longer. Kasmenovic, of course, following up his victory over Hogaruna with a win over Elias Emerin. Again, the entire Stockholm draw has opened up. Upsets of now all of the remaining seeds. You saw second-seeded Adrian Manorino knocked out 5-6 and six by Gael Monfi. You look for Gael Monfi now 13-12 and 12 overall on the year for semifinal of the year. But you look at his last four tournaments, last five tournaments. Round of 16, Washington knocked out in three sets by Greekspor. Quarterfinals, Canada knocked out three sets by Sinner but beat Tsitsipas there. Round of 16, Cincy beats Demon Nori before getting knocked out by Djokovic. Four-set second-round exit to Rublev now into the semifinals. Knocks out Manorino. He's playing top 30 tennis again. Is Gael Mofi, which is wonderful to see. He's into the semifinals where a date with Laszlo. Jera awaits him. Jera, by the way, solid season overall uh, as he is into, I believe, his third semifinal at the tour level of the year. You also have Pavel Kotov into his second career semifinal, second of the season as well. Six and two, the big hit in Russian comes from qualifying, knocks out Greekspor six and two to reach the semifinals. You look for Kotov now. He's currently sitting at 93 in the live ranking, 16 spots up. Again, why is that important? If you're top 100, you're getting into the main draw of the Australian Open. You're guaranteed that check to start your season. And it's just the perfect, it's just a little bit of a luxury, certainly. The perfect bit of, what's the, luxury is the wrong word. It's just perfect, again. So shout out to um, Pavel Kotov for the victory. Anyways, that's where things stand in Stockholm right now. Your favorite to take the Stockholm title, Gael Mofi, 45.1%. After that, it's Mimir Kesmenovic. Of course, we will be back tomorrow. We will be back Sunday for updates on where things stand. It's the last jam-packed week. The least we can do is give you all weekend mini-break podcasts as we all bring in all the action. Of course, the reason we're able to provide all this content day in, day out is because of the efforts of our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who as always has a of an editing job to do day in day out making all of our content possible a shout out to him a shout out as well to our dear friends at tennis point remember it's tennis-point.com the promo code is cr15 for all of the latest and greatest products in the tennis world with that said for the fantastic super producer daniel westoff our friends at tennis point from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say that's the break we'll talk to you all tomorrow thanks everyone